With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 113 of Coach Unplugged, um, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Go over and check it out. Can't imagine a better holiday gift to that person that loves basketball. You know, um, we're looking at December 18th here. <clears throat> you got a week. <laughs> Go over and check it out. Um, you know, if you want to make it a special, um, it's a relatively small community, but if you want to make it a special thing for somebody, um, just email me at steve at com, and we can definitely make that work for, for that special somebody. But go over and Go over and check it out if you haven't, www.teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, this episode this week, we're going to talk about practice planning. I'm sitting down with one of our, our Teach Hoops members, and we're just kind of brainstorming with practice planning, some things that we thought about, especially um, the different levels, you know, from the high school level down to the youth level. And it's, I, I think it will be a very interesting kind of 20, 30-minute conversation about practice planning. Um, I'm going to put a link down in the show notes. Um, if you want to check it out, um, I'll give you some of those, some of the freebies and things that we're talking about in this episode, but go over and check it out. And um, geez, I can't believe we're already at episode 113, but we are. Um, and happy holidays. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks over the, over winter break. I'm, I'm going to try to get something up for you, for all of you, um, even if it's uh, uh, New Year's or, or Christmas or something like that, um, taking my team down to South Carolina. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling like a travel agent right now. But enjoy this episode, episode 113 of Coach Unplugged. So practice practice planning. Yes. I like the first one you did. It was really good. Okay, good. Um, what did you think? Um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it because – you know, I, I coach in two different sports. So I coach soccer and then I coach basketball. Do you? I did not know you coach soccer. Yeah. So I have this whole theory on soccer too. Have I told you this? Here's, no. here's your moneymaker. 
All right. So every sport is about spacing, right? Yep. Soccer and basketball are definitely about spacing. Yep. So what you need to do is you need to invent. And if anybody does this out there, I'm copywriting it. Okay. Uh, you need to, uh, <laughs> you can, you can have it, but, uh, you need to come up with like a, you know, like you have those mesh, the, the pennies you wear. Yeah. You need to basically come up with one that has like some sort of like laser tag thing. And then you can program it as a coach about how, what kind of distance you want from the next player. So if they get too close, it starts flashing. And as they get closer, it flashes more. So you're basically, you have to teach them to stay farther away. So it's all about spacing. Yeah. And definitely on a basketball court, my guys get too close to each other all the time. All the time. So it would be like you'd set those five things to be no closer than like two and a half feet or a foot and a half or whatever it is. If you get closer than that, you're too close. Um, and obviously when there's a rebound and that kind of stuff, it would start flashing. But when you're running your offense and stuff, they get yeah. too – soccer when they're little is hilarious. It's it, all like these little clumps of kids. Yeah. So um, I coach at a club in West Bend and – uh, I used to, and then they found out that I'm not, I'm moving back to West Bend. So they got a hold of me and uh, they want me to coach a team. So I just started looking at practice plans and stuff. You know, the, the difference between basketball and soccer, there's so much more out there for soccer practice planning than basketball. And it, I was thinking about it in context and I wanted to talk to you about it. It's like, it's interesting how a soccer approaches it in the U S soccer program because they focus on a practice with the kids. They focus on a certain concept at one time. They don't okay. go from like, it's not like, all right, we're going to do ball handling to passing to heading to this. It's like the whole focus and the whole practice is circled on one concept. And I took a class and it was super interesting. And I actually saw more growth out of my soccer players in the season than compared to basketball players. But I don't know how you would be able to structure that in basketball because there are some differences in regards to basketball than there is soccer. So, you know, I don't know how you could be able to fo make a focus well, maybe, maybe if you're – okay, so let's think about – especially for the younger kids, if you're thinking about an hour, I don't know, hour and a half practice maybe. So maybe every week you have an emphasis. Like this is the dribbling practice. And because it's the dribbling practice, you spend an extra 15, 20 minutes on it. I think that would be, I think that would be cool. I yeah. think that might be something different than a lot of other people are doing. Yeah. I, is I mean, your goal is your goal to be able to have all right, like because there's like there are so many organizations out there from Massachusetts to Kentucky to everywhere else where they literally have day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and then like literally it just builds upon each other and it makes it so easy for people that aren't soccer people to be able to go out and be able to coach. Yes, I think that I think that I think that's. I think that's the way it's got to go. Okay. Um, I think it's got to go like, here you go. Print this off. We can help. Um, yes. Yes. This is day one. That's a lot of work though. You know that, right? It is a lot of work. Yeah. It is. Um, but I think once, I think, I think for the youth, once the youth is done, I think all, I, the thing is, I think it's like my lesson plans for math. I think once one is done, the other two, I mean, there is obviously a huge difference between doing a fifth grade practice and a our practice, but a, there's going to be a lot of similarity. I mean, there's going to be a lot of similarities too. I think. Do you um, think that maybe that there are just core components, and then maybe the idea of an emphasis is an IQ emphasis, like you know, reading overplays and or the next time learning how to do, do certain types of cuts? Because I don't know if you can really 
you know, what, what is an emphasis of ball handling that you wouldn't emphasize every day in practice? I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like maybe you, you talk, you know, is it really the, the reading the game and becoming a, uh, be able to develop that IQ piece every 10 to 15 minutes in practice, something different where they're learning how to play the game of basketball. Right. Um, I, that might yeah. be a little bit easier to build into than, um, you know, okay, we're going to, our emphasis today is passing. Well, I mean, right. See the thing is with youth ones, I think I think you really only need, I don't know, two practices a week for how many weeks? Yep. You know, um, I don't know, eight weeks maybe. I don't even know how long the youth. Our our guys go from about November, end of November to maybe middle of February. Yeah. But they got it with with Christmas break in that. Yeah, yeah, and we're talking late November. So let's say right after Thanksgiving, and then we got right in February. So three, that's four like there. Weeks. Yeah, maybe 12 weeks. Um, yeah, so. That's 24 practices. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I think there's going to be a huge correlation between the, the, uh, the beginner, or I don't remember how we labeled them, the beginner and the intermediate. Okay. Don't you think? I think there's going to be much more than between the the beginning and us. Um, I think there's going to be a huge correlation there. Um, and the thing is, don't you think that something you do in practice one, you're going to do it again in practice two? Not everything, obviously. So this is the math teacher in me. It's like I, I don't I don't even know if I'm going to pull. I'm going to see if I can pull up your. Um, it is. I did, but there's a part of me that feels like basketball is a little bit different than soccer because soccer is so open space. It is. It is. And basketball um, is going offense to defense, offense to defense. You got to be. Everybody's got to be able to handle the ball. There's not specializations, and you know everybody's got to be able to put the ball on the floor. Yeah, everybody's got to be able to do all of that. Um, here, let me see this. Uh, the, it, it, I think. It, I think it's so different too, in the sense that. Um, it's the, the pace of the game is so much faster in basketball. Like, okay. So I'm looking at day one for the, for the, for the beginner says, so drill work. So static drill work, um, footwork, dribbling drills, um, triple threats, layups, basically layups, triple threats, uh shooting form uh iq pass cut yeah so there's the iq piece that i try to put in every practice right and i think you need some sort of fun did you put a fun game in here no i didn't i guess i'm not that fun <laughs> yeah you're not that fun with third and fourth graders i think we need to come up with something for little guys okay probably because i know it's been a while since you and i have done this but this grade level, but you know, 10 minutes in 15 minutes in, they're going to need something. Yep. Um, you know, like a dribble tag or Pac-Man or, you know, capture the flag or something just because they get that for them to keep an attention span for that long, the 20, 30, 45, 50. Yeah. For an hour is tough. If you don't, you got to throw something in for them. In that that was the only thing I thought of when I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, my other thing is like 
how much time do you spend on defense and how much do you spend on rebounding in third and fourth grade? Yeah, I, well, I don't think you spent any on rebounding. Right. <laughs> Unless things have changed. Um, I mean, you talk about it, but rebounding is not – it's like little guy soccer. It's like, you know, you can talk about all the advanced stuff you want, but they don't do it. Um, <laughs> um, I think defense, you just play man. You have to. Uh, you just awesome. play man and – you maybe come up with the concept of if you're off one pass away kind of thing. But even for third and fourth grade, that's so hard. They're just basically chasing their guys. You want to be able to teach them help side. You want to be able to do that. And again, my theory is, okay, so this is a, I don't remember where the guy was from New York or something. And he coaches a fifth grade team, but his fifth grade team that I was talking to is an advanced fifth grade team, which they're more like a seventh grade team. Right. So, my th- this, this is for the beginner, beginner, beginner. If your kids are better, then you're going to jump to the next practice plan. Yeah. It's kind of my theory. So that's why I think at these younger ages, we need lots, 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 lots of fundamentals. And it has to be fun. It has to be, you know, there has to be some, you know, fun stuff in there for them. Um, you know, even, even playing, even doing like basic zigzag, anything you can make fun for them at that age. Because it's so hard. And if they're more advanced, which we've all had our groups that are like that, yeah. then they jump up to the next level. This is literally like for Johnny or Susie who have not played. And, you know, don't you think? I mean, I think that's got to be the elementary level one. And then when you're – if you're a good elementary team, then you jump up to the next one. And if you're a good yeah. middle school team, you jumped up to what we're doing. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's my theory with it. Um, thinking back to coaching my son's team. Um, you know, there were two guys that could play and then when they first started, cause you know, and then there were three or four that were okay. And there were three or four that had never played before. This was their first experience, which is fine. You want that. Yeah. But I think it's a different, it's a different strata when you do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I like the format. I like the, I like the map out there that you did on that, uh, on that sheet. Okay. Well, I also have a sheet too, and I can share with you. Um, my former teaching partner, actually it's a, like an Excel sheet where it'll actually highlight the time of the amount of time that you you've used and it breaks down. It would be a nice tool for people. It'll actually like, if it's an hour and a half, you can, it'll tell you when it hits an hour and a half. If it's an hour and 45, then it'll go oh, to I like hour. that. Yeah, that would be good. It's it's actually really um, and it color it color codes when it gets to that point. So okay. like, um, I can share that with you. Okay. It's like a template. It's very simple. Right. So if you look at the one that you did, so is there any? What will you do? What would you do in the second practice that you did in the first practice? Is there anything you would do in that first that that would be? That's what I'm trying to think of saving time too. Um, first practice what I would do differently I may like add another layer to layups maybe it's a move maybe it's um yeah but but even with third think about third and fourth how many can do moves really you honestly though like when I did fourth grade I did a third grade I did the I tried that third grade three on three this year and literally our practices were almost identical every single day yes that's what I'm saying. So I think what I, I, I think, I think the hardest practice is going to be the middle one. Yeah. I think the beginning one is 
I mean, so I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you keep very, I mean, and then if someone thinks that's too easy, great. Then you go to the next one. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think, I think you keep that format. So you do this, the drill work at the beginning. So slap the ball. So maybe you don't do slap the, maybe, so you change it up. And then the next time you come back, you do this, you do this exact same practice again with some tweaks and maybe throw a different game in and maybe throw in. Right. But like some of the things I think like we always kept the same footwork drills. We kept the same ball handling drills because yep. we spent less time. Like I could literally blow my whistle. And like what I did with the little kids is like, I would, instead of like having them in a circle, I'd have them all arranged on the three point line. So it's easier for them to see the coach and right. in the middle. And yep. then by the end of the year, I had the little guys leading it. You know what I mean? Yep. So you can te- I'm telling you, you can, it's like, that's like a PGC thing too. You can train them to say three point and then they know the lineup on the three yeah. point or theater is like from the half court line down the sideline or <laughs> sidelines or the two sidelines. I would, There's- I even did it in high school practice. I would do one whistle was stop and two whistles would be broke, broke down right to the middle of the floor. Right. The last guy would have to do 10 pushups because he wasn't paying attention. It was right. an easy way because then I didn't have to yell. Because when I when I was really pissed and they know that I was pissed at them without yelling, you know, I didn't right. have to yell when I didn't that's, have to. That's an interesting concept because I'm not a whistle guy. I've in 30 years I've never been a whistle guy. Really? And here's my theory with the whistle is I don't want them to hear the whistle. I want them to hear me. So I want them to be in tune to my voice. So that's why I never used the whistle. I don't remember where I read that early in my coaching career, but I, have n- I haven't used a whistle in 30 years because if I say something, I don't really care about the whistle. If the whistle is usually wrong, sorry, all the officials, but the, the, <laughs> that's usually wrong. So I don't want them to be tuned into the whistle. I want them to be tuned into me. Um, I don't know. It's just a, th- a theory and it's worked. It's killed my voice at times, but um, <clears throat> um yeah, I need volleyball. I don't even use it. I, I just, I don't know. I don't even know where, I don't even know where I would find a whistle to be honest with you. It's crazy. I'm a coach. I don't even know where I, I mean, I'd have to go steal one out of an athletic department. I don't even know where I'd find a whistle, but um, okay. What else? All right. So it seems like that we're going to try to keep things pretty consistent. Uh, especially at the younger ages. Okay. I think, I think that layering is going to happen with, so I think the first practice of third of the of the beginner and the first practice of the intermediate are going to be very similar except the the intermediate one is going to have more layers like you know you're just gonna all right we're gonna do this and then we're gonna add more things to it like the structure you know you might only spend two minutes on i don't know what what do we have drills i don't even know if you do drill skill work Um, but you definitely work on pivoting and then how do you expand that to make it more um advanced advanced. i'm just trying to think of it from a teaching standpoint you know if i'm doing this from a teaching standpoint i'm teaching math i'm just trying to layer it um up and this and when i'm thinking of an elementary school kid versus a middle school kid versus a high school kid they are not even in the same ballpark but they might all be doing pivoting it's just different layers of pivoting does that make sense yeah, because like I would do like five or six different pivots with my high school kids because their footwork is so bad. That's why Everybody, I think that. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Coach Unplugged. Um, I, I sure enjoy these. Um, happy holidays. Um, if you're looking for the special gift for someone, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day um, free trial. Can't imagine a better gift for 
one of your basketball um, junkies. So go over and check it out, www.teachhoops.com for basketball coaches who want to get better. Let's go back to the podcast. Footwork was so bad. That's why I think that I want it to be emphasized at younger ages for these coaches because right. that'll help them, their high school coaches later on, because it's still the amount of people that really don't know how to pivot or create space. Right. Your level is So, so I have a question for you. How do you – how do you teach receivers that shoot? Do you teach airborne shooter? Do you teach one, two step? Do you, how do you teach a receiver that receiving the ball and getting ready to shoot? I've been teaching my son airborne receiver. Like you receive it and you're all way all you're basically catching it and ready to go up. That's hard to do. It is. Really, a lot of basketball. That's a lot of basketball. It's all about, and I don't know, this is the reading I've done this summer. It's all, Getting your shot off is all about what happens before you get the ball. I completely agree. Steph Curry is no different than me. Well, he is a lot different. Yeah. But, but he's a human being. Once the ball's in his hand, he can, he, him and I at the exact same point, you know, we're going to get it off. the. Once we get the ball, it's the exact same. It's everything that he – he is literally shooting the ball before he gets it. It's crazy when you break it down. Right, you know that tenth of a, that hundredth of a second is all that stuff. Now, obviously, he gets it off probably faster. I'm old, but 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 it's not as much as people think it is. That it's all about that. What is he doing with footwork, and what is he doing with his hands? And and you know, it's crazy. I mean, do you think it's easier to establish off the dribble with a one-two than an airborne? Well, that goes that that goes the that's a PGC thing. Boom one-two. I'm a big boom one-two. So the first dribble is just a dribble, and that second dribble that's what they call it, boom one-two. So the first one's a normal dribble. Have kids do this? It's crazy. The second dribble is as hard to dribble. You can hear it in the gym when it's quiet. Yeah. So it's called one, and then it's boom. And that second dribble's got to be up because you know you're shooting it. The guy that's defending you doesn't. So you literally pound that ball so hard that it comes up into your shot. Right. So that's why they call it boom one, two. So you're boom, and then the second one is, like, right up here. You should – my son's been working on it this summer. It's, oh, my God. It's, like, it, it's so good that because you're basically getting it up into the pocket on that second okay. dribble, and it's a high dribble. You know it's a high dribble. The guy defending doesn't, and it's right up into your pocket, and then boom. Um, but I've been working on him with being trying to be an airborne. Actually, I've been working on him this summer just getting shots up. It's literally been 400, 500 shots. It reminds me. Um, I told him I'd buy him a new iPhone come January if he shot um, – if he shot five out of seven days from the end of PGC, which is like the beginning of June until January one. So I said, you get two days off. That's what they say. You should go five days hard, two days off. Um, and I said, if we go on vacate, whatever, it's your problem to find out how you're going to shoot. And he's been doing it. He's been shooting four or 500 shots a day. So we're just right now. I'm just worried. I'm, I'm worried about repetition. I'm just muscle memory in him because he was already a good shooter. But now I just, I think if you take enough shots, you just become a great shooter. That's what my theory is too, though. But like, I don't know. And then I'm going to work on the, you know, the other stuff off the dribble, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it takes a special kid to shoot airborne, though. To be honest with you, it does. It does. But but with a machine, you can do it. Yes. He he. The thing is, he can. He's getting the reps. It's hard right now. He's stepping, and I'm just letting him shoot at this point. And then once school starts, I think we'll 
you know, we won't worry about how many he's getting in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to worry more about, okay, let's worry, let's worry about the, you know, because if you can shoot, I'm going to, you know, there's guys around him that are going to be able to create. If he can shoot, I said, if you can shoot, you can play at any, you can, you can keep going up. Right. You can play in college if you can yeah. shoot. Yeah. I swear to God, I can, they will take you. If you can shoot, they will take you. Yeah, I agree. Because kids can't shoot anymore. No, it's a lost art for him. It is because it's repetition. It's him right. going in an hour before summer school. He had summer school at 8. He went in every morning at 7, 8. It's, it's that stuff. It's the monotony of just going in and just shooting. Shooting a routine, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that goes back to the footwork thing. It's like, you know, what kind of footwork do you want to use with – I think I think footwork at the younger ages is big. I do. Because they, create, be, they learn how to create balance. They do. Because they're constantly jump-stopping every day. They're more likely not to travel. Um, you know, that's the one thing I've noticed, too, is that compared to some of the other teams I watched when we played, my little guys, is that they didn't travel as much. They were able to catch the ball. And it, it, the game didn't get as ugly. You know, right. some of the games you watched – the coaches that focus so much on five by five, their kids are constantly traveling and they're and, and, right. and like, you know, keep it simple, stupid kind of thing, you know? Right. Right. Um, and I think that will help. Yes. And if a coach thinks their team is beyond, that's what I'm going back to. Cause I know people that are going to look at this going, this is not for me. I need more. It's like, that's fine. Um, but I think, I think to do it justice, we got to do the, the basic stuff of that third fourth. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, and th- and this would be good stuff for next summer. Then I could tape some video stuff. Okay. Because um, it's definitely with pivoting, you know, or next spring I can do it once basketball season's over. You know, we I can sit and grab my son and we can work on some pivoting stuff. I can work with him and we can tape it. And then we can throw that in. Because the pivoting stuff will be harder for the coaches. Um, but that's okay. I mean, that's, yeah. you, know, you, you got to get something down first. All we did for pivoting was like we did like two like four or five lines and the kids um they would like they they would hit a chair and they would pivot off away in front of the chair away from the chair and then it got them to stay low and, and gravitate to their body so they would right there and then they would hit the ball and then they would either forward pivot or, or reverse pivot and then you know at the high school level and stuff we would work on different pivots where we go here rip through and then pivot just some basic stuff they warm up every day. Um, and, uh, I, I thought it helped out a lot. Right. I think it will. I think it will too. Okay. And I think you should label them that way you and I can go back and we can communicate via email too. Like here's one, here's two, here's three. Like, I think you did that on the first one. I did. Yeah. So then we can go back and say, Whoa, wait on three. We did this. Maybe we got to, you know, re re go back. And, and to be honest with you, th- this is my, this is my philosophy, especially with the young guys is take two steps forward, one step back. Like third practice maybe is a lot of the stuff we did in the first two. <laughs> um, again, going back to my teaching, it's like, yeah, we do, you know, but especially you know, like in my algebra two class, it usually we do t- two days of things. And then that third day is a group thing or we redo it or before we go on to the new thing, because you, you know, we can keep the bus moving, but, they're in third. They're 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 a beginner. Are we expecting that these people are going to end up playing five on five in the season or not? 
Yes, at some point, I think. Don't, okay. I mean, most elementaries, I think, by thir- by fifth grade, definitely are playing five-on-five. Five. Yeah, I always start the season with them playing three-on-three. Three yes. In, in process, you're talking about? I also think it's really important, and I do this in soccer, you always, with younger kids, you always end practice them playing five-on-five five or three-on-three. Three. Yes. That's what they want to do. They want to play the game. And I've yes. done that as a coach where, like, the last couple minutes of practice, I'm making them do a defensive drill and this and that, and it's like – no, they they want to play. Right. You got to remember that. And so, yeah. like every day in soccer, we always end with seventy-seven or eight v eight or five v five, and that's how we end practice every single practice because they need to be able to play the game. Right. And the thing is that it's like it's like the it's like a timeout. The last thing you say is what they remember. Right. The last thing you did at practice is what they remember. Yeah. I'm oh. Telling you. Whatever yeah. I send, whenever I end my practice, the last thing I say to them, I know is what they're going to remember when. Right. If I'm PO'd when they, the coach was mad today, it's like, but if we do something at the end to kind of wrap it up, then it's all better. You know, I can be mad in the first 15 minutes. They, they, Their brains are like goldfish. You know? They really are. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, especially at the younger ages, it's even worse. It's like, um, but yes, I would do that. I, I would put, I would put, I would put a, I'd put at least one game. The, after the beginning ones, I wouldn't do game stuff, but I, I just think back to my camp this summer and stuff. I would definitely put a fun game issue. I have a bunch of books and stuff that I can take games that I've used in the past. Yeah, I like Pac. I mean, beginning ones are great, like Pac Man. If you play Pac Man, yep. Pac Man, Tag. Um, I mean, anything that has a competition in it. Um, so I was watching a video the other day about UNC women's soccer, and basically, this is not for the little guys, but this is – they basically – everything they do at practice, they keep score on. Now, they have 85 managers or whatever. Right, um, and they're like the best. They're very good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they basically – everything they do is a competition, and they keep score, and they track it, and it's you versus the other person. And it's like – and I'm sitting watching this video going, yep, I would love to do that. Yep, I would love to do that. Who's going to do that for me? Because I'm worried about, you know – uh, the jerseys washed kind of thing, you know? Um, right. So uh, that's where I think we got to bring the coaches back to reality too. It's like, okay, so don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, it's going to be one of my points. It's like, this is an outline. Don't you're not, you're not coaching Kentucky. <laughs> um, I know I, I've done that too, where like I try to make everything competitive and it's like, you're trying to coach and then you're trying to keep score and then they get pissed because right. you missed something and they're more concerned about the game than actually playing. Right. And we do that. Don't get me wrong. It's we, we do cutthroat once or twice a week, which is where, and I have one of my assistants, Wesley still mad at one of my assistants for keeping score because the score is not, I mean, if they're listening to this, I don't care, but the scores are not real. Like he makes up whatever he wants. I mean, he just like, and it, it will change. And if they complain, what I'm doing is trying to put them in a situation where it's not fair. You just got That's, a bad call. You know, hey, the score was 12 to yeah. No, it's 11 13 now. What? Boom. And then if they complain, they lose another point. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying, you, you want to put them in because guess what? You're going to, there's going to, you know, there's going to be a call, a, a charge call on Jake Ferguson and on Hauser that I think is horrible. If we didn't move on, <laughs> that was a bad call. It was a bad call. How about um, uh, how about Marquette? Huh? That's yeah. a good, that's a good gets a good kid for him. Yeah. yeah. I here's my here's my theory with with colleges too, with this, people get all worked up. I don't believe they're ripping on a seventeen year old in social media. Whatever, it's his life. Let him go where he wants to go. Right. 
That's what I understand. I mean, I, I told you the story. I couldn't go to the grocery store when when some of my guys went to Marquette. I swear to God. The whole Wesley era, oh, it was crazy. People would stop me in the grocery store and start screaming at me that, like, Wesley didn't go to Wisconsin. It was crazy. I, my, wife had, my wife has been doing grocery shopping for, like, 10 years because I had to stop doing it. I couldn't go out, like, on a Sunday. People would stop me and start yelling at me. Now I could probably do it now. No one cares. But, um, it's yeah, it's like they're, it's their life. You know, if they're going to make a bad decision, I'm going to step in and say, that's a bad, you don't want to go to that school. But all the schools they pick are good schools. And they're, you know. It comes down to what they best feel that's fit for them, you know. And half of the time they're wrong. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Okay, what else? I think that's basically, I think that I wanted some feedback. I got some good notes down. So um, then we're looking at just adding a game and then kind of continuing on with similar stuff and then just kind of layering it. Yep. And and my thought is with the beginner stuff first, right? And then yeah, yep. Because so I, I think my goal would be to be in one mode for the entire time. Right. Yep. And try to do this for a little bit. This because then, like me, I'm like always reading like three books at a time or watching this. And this. I yep. got to stay focused in one world for a while. Yep. I think we do this first. Okay. Um, be, because what I think is going to happen is then we, once we get this done, then when we do the next one, we're going to be, I'm going to, we can print, I could print them out. We could put them on, I could put them on a table and you yep. and I could talk again. Yep. And then we'll go, all right, day one on intermediate should be blah, 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 okay. blah. Because I think the easiest one for you and I is going to be the advanced one. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that, I think, I think we could, you and I could crank that out in a weekend. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think these are the harder ones. And, and, and I think they're harder because they're not there. You're right. They're not out there. I mean, yeah. the, the ones I've seen are, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, uh, yeah, the ones I've seen are not, yeah. There's stuff, but it's piecemealed. In my yeah. opinion. Right. Okay. I think we're good. Hey, everybody. Um, I hope, really hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, you know, I, it's, uh, it's talking about practice planning. I think it's just like lesson plans for those of you that are teachers. Um, go over and check it out. We got lots of information on teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're liking this, please subscribe, like, make sure you download it. Go over and leave five stars. We would love that. And um, have a great holiday season. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.